Welcome back to our podcast, Chronically Iconic Mistakes. I'm your host, Jocelyn. And your co-host, Raya. And today, we're here to talk about Dr. Death. Ooh. Pretty spooky. That's actually like a straightforward name, unlike the choke and stroke killer of Samuel Little, so I'm here for it. Yeah, it's a lot better um, than that, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Dr. Death has actually turned into a mini-series, and it's it's literally called Dr. Death, so if you haven't watched it yet, um, I hear it's good, check it out. I haven't watched it yet because I try really hard to ensure I don't accidentally take content. I'm pretty big on, like, reading my content and, like, just regurgitating it into words. Mm-hmm. But I do plan on watching it. I am interested to see their um, depiction of this horrible series of malpractice cases. Is it, like, an actual show or is it just, like, talking about what Dr. Death did? No, it's, like, a reenactment. It's, like, an actual show um, just based on a true story. Okay. All right, so here we go. Dr. Death's real name is Christopher Dunch. I will not be referring to him as a doctor as he no longer holds the title and should have never had the title in the first place. Is this guy still alive? He is. And I try to be really proactive in what titles that I do use for people just because I don't want anyone to think of this person as a doctor who just made a few mistakes. I mean, yeah, his name is literally Dr. Death, so... Yeah, Christopher seems to be a sociopath from what I've read, and we're here to tell that story. Let's do it. Christopher started medical school with a neurosurgery residency at University of Tennessee Health Science Center in Memphis, after which, in 2011, he moved to Dallas, Texas. Ranker.com states it seems like he was going to start a promising career and he was a brilliant neurosurgeon. (laughs) Funny how this is one of the worst cases of malpractice I've ever researched, yet we think he's brilliant before jumping in. Yeah, I like how they just talk about like what he could have done and how he was having a promising career. Like that's not the most important thing in this story. Absolutely. I think at this point that's no longer relevant. Mm -hmm. Christopher would go on to cause, I mean, horrible physical damage to 33 of 37 of his patients. He even kills two. Damn. And we're going to be discussing the timeline of Christopher and how he ignored the pain and suffering of his victims. All right, I am braced and ready. Buckle up because it is a long one. This is going to be a Like, anywhere from a two to four parter, guys. Let's do it. This criminal has an exceptional childhood and brings me to believe that his upbringing was not the cause of his clear mental illness. D Magazine states he had a comfortable upbringing. He was born in Montana in a location where the typical income is about 30k higher than the rest of the country. Okay. And I know that we're saying money doesn't buy happiness, but it typically does buy a comfortable childhood. Yeah, I mean, there could still be, like, abuse or whatever, but it's interesting to see that, like, you know, the last couple podcasts, like, they had a fine childhood from what we could see, so something else was going on. It is very interesting, and it really plays on that whole theory of upbringing versus genetics essentially Mm -hmm. you can be just a bad person even if you don't have that upbringing and it's 
really bizarre to me, but it's a thing. And people always automatically assume that you had a rough childhood if you have some sort of mental illness, so... Yeah, and it just doesn't work that way. I think that comes mm -hmm. with, um, you know, it's just part of the bias, really. Yeah, it sucks. So, take that how you will. It gives you some insight that he likely wasn't dealing with poverty, especially since his father was a missionary and a physical therapist, and his mother was a teacher. Okay. And... Don't get me wrong, those aren't positions that will put you into the top 1%, but they will make you relatively comfortable. Mm -hmm. And something that I find strange, especially since we know what it's like to recruit for the medical field, Christopher's CV shows that he earned a doctorate in microbiology from St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and graduated summa cum laude, which not sure if I'm saying that right, but I did my best. Mm -hmm. Um, he graduated with that from St. Jude. Okay. And at the time, St. Jude actually stated that they didn't have that program. Um, pause? Like, how did he do it then? Exactly. <laughs> and we'll get more and more into how suspicious his resume was to begin with. D Magazine states that he also wasn't in any of their yearbooks and that when they reached out, they declined to verify because of, I quote, privacy laws. Mm-hmm. They just didn't want to get in trouble. Exactly. And I find that pretty interesting because if you do an employment check, we both know that mm -hmm. they're able to verify his past. Yep. However, typically the candidate does sign off on those checks during the application process, so I don't know if that would be any different. Yeah, this is already seeming really suspicious, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Eventually, Christopher goes on to earn his medical degree, and he actually placed in the top 12% and graduated Elite Alpha Omega Alpha Medical Honor Society. That's a lot to say. Did you almost pass out from saying that just now? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I'm not sure why those names have to be that dramatic. Like, cool, you're on the honor roll in medical school. We get it. Yeah, why did they have to do alpha twice? Right, I'm, like, just so concerned. <laughs> just one alpha, okay? Gosh. Well, and things like that in medical school, I just feel like maybe they're not the best idea. Like, do we really want to inflate their egos prior to making them a doctor? Yes, you and me both know how hard it is to find a doctor who will actually listen to you because, well, I'm the doctor, you don't know what's going on with you. So then put it, oh, I'm Alpha Omega Alpha Medical Honor Society. <laughs> like, Yeah. I've actually had a rheumatology appointment. I never went back after this appointment because I learned more about his Harvard ev education than he did about what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to stop inflating doctors' egos so much. It's ridiculous. And here's the thing. It's fine if you want a degree from an amazing college or university or whatever. That's amazing. Good for you. But my thing is, if you have a really high ego and it's all about prestige for you, go into research. Don't, don't be near people. Yeah, you're literally like talking about people's lives here. If you are not empathetic to what they're going through, like just don't be a doctor. Exactly. There are so many different areas you could go into where you don't even have to fucking look at them. In fact, you can be the most narcissistic surgeon you fucking want as long as you don't ruin my life. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. this guy does not count because he killed people. Yeah, and I couldn't really say he's an actual doctor either with what you're telling me. No. 
In 2006, Christopher was involved in researching stem cells to create new cancer treatment drugs. And honestly, this is where you should be if you can't handle people. Right here, this is your place. Maybe don't do what he's about to do, but mm -hmm. this is fine. He worked with two Russian stem cell scientists named Valerie and Tatiana. They eventually discovered a way to basically produce stem cells from intervertebral discs, and I don't think I said that right, but in cultures outside of the body. They would literally eliminate the need for human extraction, which is seriously a pretty big deal. Yeah, this is actually a kind of good thing that they're doing here. Yeah, it's super cool. Christopher immediately took out a patent on the research and he tried to monetize the cancer discovery. Of course. Luckily, the recession stopped him from making anything off this and the stem cell scientists are listed as the patent owner and inventors currently. Good. Unfortunately, their names are misspelled on the patent. And one of the scientists is quoted as saying, nobody can recognize whether it's ours or not. Wow. So that's super disappointing. And I've actually had this happen to me with a photo that I had showcased on MLive. Genuinely not the same thing, but I remember being so upset that my name was butchered. I can't even imagine with like research like this. Yeah, like they work so hard and like they can't even get their names right. Yeah, that is so much work and that is such a big discovery and they mm. just immediately get taken advantage of. Later, Dysgenics, which is the company, um, sued Christopher because he had promised to pay him stocks out of his own salary and he never did. Um, Christopher wrote emails to his business partner stating, My reputation has been ruined, I have lost both companies, and he filed for bankruptcy. Maybe, like, be a good person and your reputation wouldn't have been ruined. Exactly. Like, you knew you were doing sketchy things, so what did you expect? This is, like, narcissistic behavior, like, just- Oh, it's bad. And it gets worse. It gets so much yeah. worse. So we're already seeing Christopher's kind of mindset that he's just out to be literally better than everyone else, make money off of people's suffering, and to not do the actual work. Mm -hmm. Really, all he did was assist in securing funding so they could do the work. Literally worst group project ever. Yeah, he's the guy that just sat in the back and took credit for everything but didn't do nothing. Yeah, it's like, come on, dude, you're a... Freaking, at this point, you are an off-brand doctor. We're going to call you that. <laughs> That's probably the best way to describe him at this point. <laughs> it truly the is. The off-brand doctor. <laughs> That's the only way I will refer to you at this point. Clearly, his research career is done at this point. I mean, you screwed everybody over. And Christopher decides to jump into surgery. On May 24th, 2011, Christopher signed a physician's agreement with Rimlai and Wan's Minimally Invasive mm -hmm. Spine Institute. Christopher performed only one surgery immediately after. He flew to Las Vegas without securing an on-call physician. So basically, he didn't care what happened after the surgery to his patient. Exactly. That means that no one was there to take care of the patient if a doctor was needed during recovery. Great. Like, what if the freaking patient would have, like, died after getting out of surgery? <laughs> yeah, it happens. People throw DVTs all the time after surgery. No, I shouldn't say all the time, but it happens. You mm -hmm. throw a blood clot. 
And when Rimwali found out he was missing because colleagues couldn't reach him, he was immediately fired. Freaking good. Like, that is so careless. And this is, like, the only place that sees this red flag and is like, oh, hell no. Just no. Which is kind of sad. Yeah, it really is. And Rimwali is quoted saying something was wrong, whether it be impairment from drugs, alcohol, mental illness, or a combination of all three. Yeah, because a doctor who has, like... I mean, he went to a good school. Like, he should have known better. Oh, he definitely knew better. He just didn't care. And mm-hmm. you'll and you'll see that a lot about him. He really doesn't have any regrets for what he's done. Wow. In July of 2011, Christopher is granted surgical privileges at Baylor Regional Medical Center. And he begins a position in a minimally, minimally invasive spine institute in Dallas, Texas. He gets surgical privileges at Baylor Regional Medical Center in Plano, Texas. At this point, he was highly recommended as he just finished his residency. Did nobody check that he was fucking fired for leaving? That is my question (laughs) as well. It seems like these hospitals were just like, well, fuck, look at your resume, come on in. I mean, you gotta think like... They are so short-staffed in hospitals. That's really, true. Really, like, how invasive are they being with these resumes, really? I mean, this was in 2011. Like, that wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, that's so true. And not to mention that it's really hard to fake being a doctor. So they probably mm-hmm. just make sure that you're, you know, actually a doctor and don't do much other checks. Yeah. Like, if there's nothing reported specifically to the medical board, I don't know why they would either. Makes sense. Yeah, so in fall of 2011 at Baylor Plano, Christopher actually began botching surgeries. Barry, Robert, and Kenneth all had procedures that caused heartbreaking damage to their bodies. Christopher left bone fragments in the patient's spinal canal. And that basically left them to suffer in pain and have very limited range of motion. Is this, like, easy to do? Like, just leave bone fragments? Like, do you have to just not care? Or is this, like, something that happens frequently? This is not something that should be happening. Like, a lot of the things that he has done um, while I was reading were considered non-incidents meaning they should literally never happen yeah we're not doctors but like (laughs) we're definitely not doctors she is right but from what i've read these things should not happen and if they do it should be like one time you know like it's it shouldn't be a frequent issue and he's already done it to like three people yeah like they he literally left bone fragments in the patient's spinal canal yeah that's a huge problem And Dr. Kirby later reported to the Texas Medical Board that Christopher actually appeared impaired and he considered him a sociopath who, I quote, had no apparent insight into how bad his technique was. I mean, at least he went to the medical board, right? Or was this later? Like, he later reported? This was way later. Oh, damn. Yep. So several doctors actually backed him up, including Dr. Hoyle. And yeah, we'll get even more into the reports, but unfortunately these don't happen until far later. (sighs) And um, I did read that Texas Medical Board did an absolutely horrible job investigating these claims when they did pop up. They kind of just ignored the problem for a while, and this had to do with the conservative laws that were passed and made it more difficult for these serious allegations to be noticed. 
So basically the patients had to prove that the staff worked with extreme malice, but the hospitals could keep credentializing information or they could keep confidential information out of the case, which created a very difficult time for the patient to prove that. And let's be honest, it's not even the patient's job to prove that you sucked at your job. No, and I mean, in surgery, how can you really prove that? You're up. You just know what happened and what went wrong. You weren't awake during the surgery, like. Yeah, and nobody, like, really, in these instances, back up the patient. Like, they're not going to be like, yeah, like, this doctor from this board isn't going to be like, hey, yeah, this is what went wrong. I'm here to back you up. Like, these patients are completely alone. Yeah. And essentially, this left hospitals immune to whatever mistakes they made. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you can get away with anything, you no longer have the obligation to police your staff and ensure they aren't making these decisions. And we need to talk about the fact that hospitals have so much money to hire good lawyers to cover these things up. They do, yep. And you can read even more about the terrible laws that were passed at this time in Texas. Um, the Texas Observer itself is like, hey, this was this was not a good decision and why it specifically affected this case so much. Mm-hmm. I was able to find a lot of information on Lee Passmore's procedure and he states that he was addicted to pain medication because he had pain radiating down his back into his legs. At the time, his specialist did not recommend surgery but because Lee was adamant on trying anything to get off pain medication, his doctor did give him Christopher's card. Wow. Why why give Christopher's card? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this is something that I always like to point out to other Spoonies. When your doctor refers you to somebody, they really don't know that doctor, and you really need to look up these people. You need to research them because they will have reviews and star ratings online a majority of the time save yourself Mm -hmm. the trouble if i had listened to the one star review to that rheumatologist i talked about earlier i wouldn't have went but i didn't know about this until after now if i want a referral somewhere i walk in and i say this is who you're sending me to and they they do if you ask yeah my doctor they send me to people who work with them more easily yeah it's it's all about you know, what's accessible for them. It's never about you. Or who they like, but it might not fit with, you know, who who you need to see. Yeah, and when they sent me to that rheumatologist, I remember that doctor being like, yeah, they're like a top-rated doctor because he went to Harvard. That's all he was talking about. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So you've got to really advocate for yourself and never go to a doctor you haven't researched. Mm-hmm. During conversations with Christopher, Robert states that he used a lot of language that would draw his patients into his care. He would say things like, I'm the best, and he always had some kind of pitch to fix you. According to Dr. Hoyle, a surgeon who worked on his on this surgery said things like, everybody's doing it wrong. I'm the only clean, minimally invasive guy in the whole state. I'm not gonna lie, this guy sounds like my fucking psychopath dad. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, he literally was so egotistical that he was like, I'm the best guy and you have to come to me. Yeah, it's like he's pitching, he's like selling you his services. A doctor should not be selling you anything. Yeah, exactly. His co-workers said that while he was a loner and cocky, they immediately liked him. 
which is very common for a sociopath. Mm -hmm. They know what you want to hear and they will use it against you with no regrets. Hoyle only worked on a single surgery with him. After seeing how botched his technique was, he would not work with him again. See, this is where everybody failed these patients. Like, you see that this doctor suck why did nobody say anything exactly and hoyle was the one who cleared the organs out of the way for christopher to get to his spine now i'm not a doctor but hoyle says that all he could see during the procedure was blood pouring out of the patient as christopher kept working all right so this guy literally like got to his spine and there was just blood pouring out. Like, I would have knocked Christopher out of the way and been like, hey, bitch, I'm gonna finish this. Exactly. And when Christopher announced that he planned to remove the ligament that separates the disc from the spinal canal, Hoyle literally stepped in front of him and told him, like, hey, we need to fucking talk about this. That is super dangerous. Yeah, like, especially with the spinal canal, like, you could literally paralyze somebody. Yeah, this guy could not have picked the worst specialty for being a piece of shit. Like, don't mess with people's spines. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, he did back off and Hoyle was able to move in to stop the bleeding and basically clean the wound. Well, at least he let Hoyle finish it. Yeah, exactly. From what I read, it sounds like they placed a surgical cage on the disc to widen the opening so the nerve roots were spaced out and it should have relieved the pressure causing his pain. Okay. However, they did an x-ray and it was positioned too far to the left. They went in to reposition it and stripped a screw so they actually couldn't. Okay, like, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but that doesn't seem right. <laughs> Well, and like as somebody working in IT, literally this is like my worst nightmare if I'm like, you know, like doing something and I stir up a screw and I just can't, like I have to struggle. I cannot imagine that happening during spinal surgery and I feel like they should be a hell of a lot more careful to ensure that doesn't happen. Yeah, and I get like things go wrong in surgery, but like right. this isn't right like at all. Exactly. Lee's family actually heard his screams before even seeing him. Wow. His friend actually had his kids near his doorway, and when they heard the screams, he immediately redirected the children. For some reason, I thought like he was still in surgery and like asleep. But this dude's, like, literally awake. Oh, no, like, they did- so th this is, like, him in the recovery room. Okay. Oh, god. At this point, they can't do anything, so they close him back up and he's, you know, waking up. Wow. Christopher even actually saw them and assured them to not worry about it because he wouldn't- he would be better in one to two days. No, those screams aren't like, oh, I'm gonna recover. Those are like, something's fucking wrong. Yeah. What is most upsetting about Lee's physical disabilities caused by the surgery is that he was actually a medical examiner and he would no longer be able to retrieve bodies and take crime scene photos to aid in investigations. So like they literally ruined his whole fucking career. They did. Um, luckily he was able to work the desk until they required all medical examiners on the field some years later. The company did allow him to resign and access his long-term disability insurance. Okay, but with that company, I feel like you knew he was disabled. They literally just got rid of his position. Like, fuck that company. Yeah, I mean, at least they let him take his long-term disability and resign. But I agree, they probably could have kept him in the office. Well, I mean, from, like, 
now it's 2021 that disability insurance probably isn't lasting all that long <laughs> oh yeah i'm i'm sure like that maybe got him by to apply for actual disability mm-hmm. and that's my guess i don't know you know what all has happened with him but after all of this hoyle was like hell to the no and canceled all of his future surgeries with christopher and this was the first surgeon to do this all right on to the next part Brace yourselves. Oh, yeah. It is about to get real. And as a reminder, if you want to be a doctor, don't be Christopher. Yes. Don't be off-brand doctoring anybody. Bye. Bye.